My name's Rad, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Decepticons, transform and rise up! Calling Autobots! Calling Autobots! This is a battle protocol! Robots with emotions. Robots who can die. Hey folks, and welcome back to Transformers Tuesdays, the fan hole spinoff show where we talk Transformers every time and all the time. I'm Mike. I will be your host tonight, and uh, joining me tonight are... Hey, what's up? This is Derek. Derek WC. This parallel quantum alternate reality <laughs> really cranks my shaft. And this is Justin. I think I've pinpointed the glitch, sir. Good work, Red Alert. What was the problem with the CPU? It seems the cold on this continent has caused a glitch. So yes, those are my power-linked compatriots. Uh, tonight we are uh, concluding our uh, three-show epic run through the Dreamwave Armada comic book. Uh, we'll be discussing uh, issues 12 through 18, which complete like the run of the book under the name Armada. It actually continues after that as Energon. But uh, yeah, so I figured, you know, this is the final like story arc of the... Um, the the series and uh i mean it's it's kind of split up a little bit so i figure you know there's issues 12 and 13 which are a sort of mini like prologue arc so I, I figure we'll talk about that first then there's worlds collide which is 14 through 17 which is the four part like mega like finale arc and then there's issue 18 which is like the conclusion to transformers armada and i say conclusion a little loosely but uh yeah so i figure we'll just like split it up into three sort of like that but uh but yeah like a transformers armada i mean at this point you know if you've listened to our other two shows i mean i don't have to give a whole lot of background it was you know ongoing dreamwave comic it was fairly popular it was doing pretty well it had simon Furman writing it at this point and uh Guido Giddy and, uh, you know, Don Figueroa jumped in for the Worlds Collide uh, four-parter. And um, it was pretty, you know, at this point, like, going into this, like, you know, I was enjoying the Armada book, but I, I still had in, like, the back of my head, well, it's not, like, G1 or whatever, but I think, you know, when the press and the, you know, hype for Worlds Collide, like, started up, then, like, I started to, you know, put a, pay a little more mind to it, and, you know, clearly they wanted to sell it because it was, you know, they put Don Figueroa on the arc, so they, they really wanted to, you know, make you pay, sit up and pay attention to it, and I think they pretty much succeeded, but, uh, but yeah, let's, I, I mean, let's, like I said, let's do it piecemeal. Like let's talk about issues 12 and 13, which are sort of a mini, like not a filler arc, but a like prologue sort of arc to worlds collide. And uh, yeah, so I mean like Derek, what do you, do you have any general thoughts on like issues 12 and 13? Like the, I guess it's like the Alaska two-parter. I mean, it's fine. I, I, I feel like, like what you're saying, like it's, it's kind of like, you know, how they used to sort of, label things like the road to infinite crisis or whatever but it's not actually infinite crisis you know and it's, this kind of feels like if, if it was going to be 
this is going to be spun that way. This two-parter is like the road to worlds collide, but it's not really worlds collide yet. I mean, there's there's some nice moments between characters. There's some some continuity patching and and some you know cameos and and prologues that introduce characters that are going to be essential to the upcoming arc. Uh, but I mean, as far as like, do I have any like strong passionate feelings about? the the two-parter uh i i'd probably say this th- these two issues of of all the issues we're talking about tonight i took the least notes on i mean there's you know i i can go into the notes but i mean i figured you'd want to kind of explain like what what happens in this two-parter but i mean other than that like that's my kind of general thoughts is just they're they're good they're kind of a uh uh like you said a two-part story that kind of you know, is is a lead in for for a story that I'm I'm very very fond of. Yeah, I mean, well, like I guess before I ask Justin, then I should just tell, like, I mean, in case you're not familiar with these issues, it's just, you know, the Autobots get a minicon like distress signal from Alaska. It's like some of the minicons who escaped from the moon base, like last issue, crash land in Alaska. So you know, the Autobots head there to uh you know rescue them. And uh, Megatron gets his turn at being like a Bond villain. He creates like a he sends up like a satellite laser to like, you know, create havoc from up there. And, uh, you know, uh, Thrust and Cyclonus uh, head to the uh, head to Alaska to uh, uh, also try and get the Minicons. And they, uh, you know, everything collides uh, rather explosively, I should say. So, I mean, like, uh, Justin, what was your like? I know I am always eager to hear your thoughts since I know this is like your first time, like reading these issues. But what is your impressions of the Alaska two parter and, uh, you know, Dr. No Megatron with his like solar scalpel plan? Uh, they're fine. I, I feel kind of like Derek. These feel like the, you know, the road too, and I kind of like had that in the back of my brain. They're perfectly fine, and the the Bond villain thing, kind of like, I don't think we've seen Megatron do this kind of like Bond level plan in this like comic series to this point, so it feels a little, a little odd. Like it feels more like something the G1 Megatron would do. He's like, okay, I'm gonna do this thing, and you guys go over here and do a distraction, and then I'm gonna launch my giant like rocket, which turns out to be like a satellite that shoots a giant laser, and he misses on purpose the first time to demonstrate his power. I was like. Well, that's a total like G1 Megatron thing. Like that's that's that was what my feeling was. If I have like one criticism about this whole Armada series, it's that it's kind of the Optimus show. And I mean, aside from the Minicons, of course, it's like you have Optimus and then you have some stuff with Hotshot. And then you've got Megatron and then you've got like everyone else kind of sprinkled in there like randomly. It's like at the beginning uh, this uh, you've got um uh scavenger and who else with was with them in like undercover smoke, smoke screen smoke screen yeah see i always forget his name because it totally doesn't fit the vehicle mode or whatever but um you've got those guys like undercover and there was even some dialogue where they're like hey i thought you know i thought scavenger was over here doing this and prime's like Oh well, I sent them to do this, and you know I couldn't tell you because it was so super secret. And then you've got you know Jetfire hanging out with Cybertron, and later he does get involved in things. But it's kind of like when Jetfire gets involved, it's kind of like on the TV series. It's just to like be a power up for Optimus. There's not a whole lot of like character development. So 
I guess like I'm, as much as I've enjoyed reading these comics, and I have really enjoyed it, especially the four issues that we're about to talk about. I guess that would be like my one criticism is that aside from like the mini cons, it's mostly like the Optimus and Megatron show. But I guess that's a, I guess you could aim that criticism at most of the animated series too. I think I think it's interesting that like even though they've had presumably like you know I, I guess grand total like eighteen months to deal with these characters and flesh some of them out and everything like I, I think what you're missing right is that there there's there's probably not any IDW spotlight issues where it's like spotlight Jetfire spotlight Cyclonus spotlight you know Thrust or whatever but I mean you could argue that the beginning of this Alaska arc is kind of a spotlight thrust, you know, cause they're, they're like trying to build up that character. And I, I find the notion of them introducing the concept of like mini con overload, I'll call it like, like that, that to me seems to play a role in where they're going to lead with the mini cons in, in the conclusion of this kind of 18 issue run. But then there's also, there's also I, I get the aspect of what you're saying that that there's there's things that you know like th- this like Jetfire to me is kind of like like the G1 cartoon shockwave to Armada Optimus Prime. He's just like the guy holding the fort on Cybertron with like a bunch of drones, but those drones just happen to be like Blur and. Um, I'm trying to remember who else is there because I like yourself. I I sort of overlook those guys because they don't they don't have very much characterization. But like what what like Rhinox and 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 you know there there, there were other swipe and sideswipe overload. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's like I mean they're there like they they you know but but again I I can appreciate or understand like it's like did did they get much time to like I don't know it's weird because it's like. You're like, how much time did they possibly have to go into those characters? Because it it seems like, you know, after these two issues, they, they could just sort of introduce them and drop them in the mix. But because there was a big giant arc and then, you know, spoilers, Unicron shows up in the 18th issue. It's not like there was much time to to go into any of those characters. So, I mean, I think it's valid, but then I, I also think it's kind of like that they, as odd as it is to say, I mean, I think if, if all those characters had as many issues, just one or two dedicated to them, like those Pat Lee issues with the kids, does that make sense? Like, like if there, if there was as many pages as spent on Carlos Rad and Alexis as their uh, like if if the kid the, the kid pages were equivalent to I don't know you know Rhinox pages or Jetfire pages or whatever then then you might feel like oh well you know th- like you know f- for uh, you know something like an equivalent to like the Marvel G1 comic where you know Skid's got his own issue or Ratchet gets his own couple issues or whatever it's like I don't think any of those 
characters really broke out and got too much of that you know it was like like other than like you said the you know the megatron show i mean for for me like my, my only notes on on this two-parter because there weren't a whole lot i mean like i said i think the art's fine the the story i i get it right um i think that one panel the bottom panel where Starscream says indigestion like is great. Like, and again, the, the reason why it stands out to me is I feel like it's much more of a, a G one Starscream smirk, you know, that, that, that the comic version of the Armada Starscream was, was more akin to the G one Starscream than he ever was in the, the cartoon, I guess. And I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that that one is better than the other. It's just kind of like an observation. And I do appreciate the way that that smirk looks and everything like that. And then I, I know Mike mentioned it in the previous episode, but th- this has a, you know, the reason why I say it's, it's kind of a thrust spotlight is he's in the majority of issue 12 fighting with Cyclonus. Right. And then it introduces the whole mini con overload thing. But also, this is the perfect example of what this is what we were talking about with Quick Strike, where where you know Thrust is like, what in tarnation was that, you know, and 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 how Furman was, you know, maybe making the assumption that that the the voice acting would be similar, you know, between Quick Strike and Thrust, right? Like, and then the the only other note I have, which I, I think is fairly important, because I always feel like this kind of discrepancy always makes me scratch my head, no matter whether I think it's good or bad, or I'm indifferent to it is Laserbeak, who we talked about before, not to confuse people in the Armada universe is an Autobot. And it's a, a handy cam that turns into like a bird that works for the Autobots. And in the anime cartoon usually is paired with, you know, rad Carlos and Alexis, right. And, and is there kind of espionage, character or whatever appears in this arc and and just like ravage and you know laser beak and and those characters from g1 and marvel they they talk right and and if you if and then if you compare those to their their cartoon counterparts i mean for the most part i know there's some exceptions to that rule with ravage and so on but for the most part right Ravage and Laserbeak did not speak. They were treated like animals. And I don't know necessarily that Laserbeak in Transformers Armada was considered a quote-unquote animal, but it definitely seemed to at least be Minicon adjacent, right? It was it was like a character that went boop, 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 and, and that, was, that was it. It's not like Laserbeak had a conversation. It's not like Laserbeak was reciting Shakespeare to Rad, Carlos, and Alexis. It just kind of made noises, and, and, and it, it, it almost is like a tool than an actual character with a spark or a soul or whatever. I mean, at least that's my... You know that that's how I would interpret it in in the anime or the cartoon, right? That it's it's like Falcon using Red Wing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like one in the comic, it's an actual bird with a soul and has you know it's a life form. Whereas in in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's just this drone thing that he controls and can repair. And if it gets blown up, he can rebuild it. You know, like that kind of thing. And that's kind of how I always viewed laser beak on the anime cartoon whereas in this it felt like oh shit it's you know 
it's another Autobot, you know, that that has a that has a spark, you know, that can hold conversations with people. I really I do like you said, like with Starscream's expression, I really do appreciate like Giddy's art in this. Like I, I like the the shot after like Dune Runner shoots Thrust in the face, like Thrust's like, you know, angry face after he you know, it's all and it's all burned and stuff and he, you know, he transforms and chases down the mini cons. Like I think that's a really kinetic like action sequence and I think, you know, that's where uh, Guido Giddy excels and I think I was starting to appreciate his art. Like, like I, I mean, I liked it in that Fortress art arc, but uh, I really started to think he was really, really good in like these like issues. And uh, the only the only other note I have about this two parter is um, that there's a like a plot thread that Furman like seeds that never goes anywhere, and that's like um the Minicon Rook who transforms into one of like Sideways' heads. Like is you know trying to like undermine the Autobots like with the the mini cons at the Autobot base and like that's because Rook is like you know allied to Unicron but we don't know that like unless you know you know if you unless you've watched the cartoon or you read his profile like there's no way to know that so if you were only following the comic you're like well this guy's an asshole but but yeah that that really doesn't go anywhere like I mean Rook and uh, the other sideways head whose uh, name I don't remember right now, but they're supposed to be like, you know, Unicron double agents or whatever. Yeah. You, you, all, you know, in the comic is that he's an asshole, but you don't, you don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, anything else on this two parter? You want to move on to the big daddy like story arc? Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess it's worth mentioning that the, the first prologue is, you know, Armada Prime getting teleported to what we later find out is an alternate Cybertron at the zenith of its destruction. And then the second prologue is uh, going to be the the Minicon character that's going to play a vital role in Worlds Collide. Unicron is frightening. Unicron will destroy. Will destroy space. Yeah, so... Yeah, issues 14 through 17 are, as Derek said, Worlds Collide, which is Armada's probably, you know, fondest, like biggest, most remembered, you know, arc in the comics, at least. And uh, yeah, in a nutshell, um, the Minicon Overrun arrives from another reality that was destroyed by Unicron. Um, Optimus Prime is like teleported to this reality where he's like on a dying planet about to be consumed by Unicron. Um, you know, the Decepticons figure out that Prime is missing, so they attack Autobase. Meanwhile, Unicron sends a bunch of heralds that should be familiar to any G1 fans to the Armadaverse to soften everyone up for his arrival. Um, there's, you know, a big a bunch of big fights, uh, both on Earth and Cybertron. Um, uh, you know, Jetfire gets eventually sent to the alternate Cybertron to rescue Optimus. Like, Overrun delivers a, a Minicon Matrix to Optimus, which is like the consolidation of all his world's Minicons into like a, you know, Matrix power up. Uh, Optimus and Jetfire combine, they shoot Unicron, and they run back to Armadaverse to prepare for Unicron's inevitable uh, arrival in the Armadaverse for, you know, the finale issue. But, uh, I mean, I'm simplifying it. There's a lot that goes on in these four issues. But, um, 
I just, you know, just in general, is for a history of this issue, I just remember being like, you know, when they first showed the cover art of like Galvatron, like G1 Galvatron with Starscream, and, you know, they were like, oh, it's going to be a crossover between G1 and Armada. Like, I, I know I was super hyped for it. Like, and, you know, my hype only increased with every increasing issue. And I mean, you know, some people kind of, I don't know, like even back then I can remember, but some people kind of, uh, maybe I'll get into this later, like sort of like deride that where they're like, oh, they had to add G1 into this. But uh, I mean, I think it was sort of needed at the time just to like, you know, put some eyes on this book and like, you know, maybe boost Armada and in, in the eyes of like more long term fans. And I mean, the book was fine before this, but I think this really like, you know, turbocharged it, at least even if it was at technically the end of Armada. But like, I don't know, Derek, do you remember like the hype behind this like story oh, yeah. arc? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was I mean. I feel like I'm a part of the hype in a way, right? Like I, I remember buying these comic books. I, I feel like it's not a overstatement to say that not only is this probably the best Armada story, but I, I would go so far. I mean, at least in my estimation, I think this is the best Dreamwave story of of all the dreamwave stuff like this is probably my favorite i feel like worlds collide is like a spiritual sequel to target 2005 you know the 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 notion i mean yeah it's galvatron and no there's not a cyclonus because there was a cyclonus in armada but you know not to confuse people but you know the 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 heralds that you mentioned you know it's 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 one of your boys thunderwing it's scourge and dirge and bludgeon and and they were all very fan favorite popular characters and they were all characters that you could believe were heralding impending doom that is the world devourer unicron i think it also kind of i i think to me it kind of worked in such a way that like something like hook line and sinker don't work where they're just kind of you know, for, for lack of a better term, made up bullshit characters that, you know, it's like you're told, <laughs> you're told that these heralds are super badass, but they're just, you know, it, it, it almost is like you, you revert to a, uh, you know, a Rob Kelly status where you're like, dude, these guys are just boxes with circles and maces and scythes. And I don't know exactly who they are and why, you know, uh, the only reason why we should be afraid of hook, line, and sinker is because we're told they're heralds of Unicron. So the only connection we have is to, you know, either, you know, the, the Transformers, the movie Unicron or G1 Unicron or whatever. Whereas I think a lot of these characters, even if, you know, uh, I, I would think the the most derisive of this story would just say, well, this isn't, this isn't even the real prime. This isn't even the real, you know, the, uh, I guess, the, you know, the notion that, um, you know, it's almost like Armada Prime switches places with a G1 Prime or a Optimus Prime from this universe that's slowly dying, right? And it's not necessarily, you know, the G1 universe or the Dreamwave G1 universe. It's like a universe, right? But still, like, there, there's this aspect where you're familiar with Galvatron, you're you're you know for me what that means is everything that the simon Furman uk comics brought to galvatron the 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 notion of them 
you know, time swapping, you know, instead, this is, you know, instead of a time swap, it's a, you know, a dimension swap or whatever, but so be it, right? Like they're, they're, they're coming in from another dimension. They're, you know, basically these omega level threats that are coming in. And there, there, there is that aspect where I suppose if you were loving the Armada characters, right, there, there is that sense of the old, old guard coming in and and wrecking shop with the new toys but i i think that's what i expected as a longtime fan i expected galvatron to come in and pwn the shit out of all these guys and i guess as a you know the the, the character i am most fanboy about in armada is hotshot and seeing like armada megatron shoot down hotshot at the end of issue 15 like that's another example of something where he's just supposed to be knocked out or whatever but just like spark plug in the first issue, you're like, holy shit, like, I don't know, man, Hotshot looks pretty fucking dead, even though he's not. But they're, 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 some of the ways that they're drawn, you know, if you, if you go back to that whole Transformers the movie thing where, you know, Prowl's eyes are soulless, you know, it looks like for, for that brief moment, it looks like Hotshot's eyes are soulless and you're like freaking out about the the magnitude of what's you know what's going on in this storyline and then i think to me the highlight like i'm i'm i I feel like i'm having a michael bailey moment where i i remember exactly where i was when i read issue 16 if you want to talk about hype because it was armada megatron versus galvatron and we were doing the wednesday warrior thing And I went with my buddy. We went to go pick up comics on Wednesday like we always do. And we read our comics and swapped our comics and talked about our comics or whatever. And we did the Wednesday Warrior thing. We went, we picked up our comics. We got our comics. And on the way back, we went to the Fox Hills Mall. And we were in the mall. And we wanted to get lunch. And I don't know if you guys have these chains or even know what I'm talking about, but some people might know what I'm talking about. But we stopped at Great Khan's Mongolian Grill because it was the, you know, it's like the kind of, I don't know, fast food mall version of like this Benihana shit. And you take all these frozen things like basically there was a big plate of noodles. There was a bunch of frozen ass like beef, chicken, whatever the fuck it was that was frozen. And then you put all these vegetables on it. And the trick, this is, this is why this has like nothing to do with Armada, but, but you're talking about the hype and remembering like all these sensations and details when you read it for the first time, the the trick was you took there, there were bowls, right? And they were, you know, like not paper bowls or, you know, it was like dishware. It was like real ceramic bowls or whatever. Right. And most people like, couldn't get their money's worth because you'd put in like a you know two or three frozen pieces of chicken and you'd be like oh if i put in any more this this uh this bowl's gonna overflow because by the time you get done adding the noodles and adding mushrooms and vegetables and zucchini and what you know whatever other toppings you're putting on this thing's gonna like fall over and and spill out all over the place and so the trick was you put a bunch of meat filled it up to the top of the bowl and then you took another bowl and scrunched it all down and 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 broke the frozenness of it and then you put in all the vegetables and then they put in the noodles and then you took it to the little wok thing and they stirred it all whatever they put it on the little metal you know cooking thing and did the whole nine yards and then you'd come down and you'd eat and so we were eating all this stuff and i i remember specifically thinking like 
Galvatron's going to wipe the fucking floor with Armada Megatron. Like, like because of all the history I had with Galvatron, because I knew Galvatron beat the shit out of fucking Piranacon, because I knew Galvatron beats the shit out of fucking everybody. And I'm like, this is fucking serious, man. Like, Galvatron knocked around Armada Starscream and sucker punched him. And like, these guys don't stand a chance. Like, there's no fucking way. And and then, you know, it was like basically Armada Megatron's like holding his own. And you're like, this is what? Like, wh- what's going on? Like, like Armada Megatron's standing up to him. And then the fucking Star Saber comes in and then he gets the fucking power up and then he fucking kills fucking Galvatron. And I was just like, dude, like that. This is the this is subverting your expectations for me in a good way, because it doesn't normally like by all rights if you showed me this on paper or or at least a version of this on paper like i should hate that the new toy owns the legacy character that has so much cred but the thing of it is i think it's earned because galvatron does beat armada megatron at first and armada megatron gets rounded to power with the fucking star saber so it's like he looks like he's on his last leg and you feel bad for him but to me i felt like it's not like a like i'm the spinosaurus i come in i snap the t-rex's neck and that's it or i'm dark side and i'm supposed to be badass but then doomsday comes in and he's like my omega beams don't work what like that's the stuff i hate or or fucking uh what was that asshole's name in Spider-Man that beat the shit out of Dr. Octopus? I can't even remember now. Oh, Fusion. Fusion. Like, that fucking asshole. Like, I hate all that stuff where these fucking idiots come in out of nowhere and they pwn the guy. But to me, what this was, was it, it was it was tweaked because it was like Doc Ock comes in and beats the shit out of all these characters and then turns his attention to Fusion. And Fusion's like, oh, fuck, I don't know if I can handle this, but I'm going to try. And they wrestle for a little while. And then Doc Ock, like, smacks Fusion down uh, around and everything like that. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, somebody's like, hey, bro, like, like, here's the fucking Ebony Blade, dude. And Fusion's like, what? The Ebony Blade? Now I have a fucking chance. And then he fucking stabs Doc Ock. And then you're like, whoa, that was a pretty fucking epic. I don't know. That's that's my interpretation of it. You know, it's like that was that was a super epic fight. And and I totally like I just remember stopping and eat, you know, stopping. We used to read and then eat and whatever we did. And, and it was just like this thing of like even my buddy who didn't care too much about Transformers. And I was always trying to get him into Transformers, you know, and and he he was cool. He watched some stuff with me and, and, and followed it and everything. But even he was like saw the look on my face. He's like, dude, what's going on? Like, don't wouldn't you normally hate this shit? And I'm like, no, dude, don't you get it? This is so fucking boss. And like, I you know, I don't know, like all, all that stuff is, is this always seeks into things that I love because it's it's combining universes it's got this cool sort of cross-pollination of of genres and for people like I'd say to like a critic of it like I felt like to me this had the same effect that the agenda had with Beast Wars for me like it cross-pollinated with some G1 lore and it and it legitimized if, if, if I wasn't, you know, it's like I, I was already liking it, but it just kind of really locked it into place. Like, like the, these are legitimate 
characters and i legitimately enjoy armada and now i i love armada you know i love worlds collide i don't just think it's like okay or i don't just like it like i really really love it and um you know and then and then you know i don't know my my other my other uh kind of notes or kind of joke notes for the most part like I, i i like that line that you know, when, when Armada Optimus Prime is hanging out with Spinster and he's losing his shit, you know, and he's kind of like, are you mad? The world may be coming apart at the seams, but we're not dead yet, you know? And I kind of feel like that's, like, super, super relevant for today because um, we're not dead yet, um, even though the world's coming apart at the seams. And, uh, uh, like, the the space bridge holes is very... I mean, I know you haven't got there yet, Justin, but the space bridge holes are, are very akin to, like, scenes you're going to see in Turn A Gundam eventually, where there's, like, portals to Beast Wars and Robots in Disguise and Beast Machines and everyone's favorite Transformers anime, Beast Wars Neo. Um, and then and then you've got, like, the, um, the Simon Furmanisms. You know, Jetfire wants this shit done, finished. You know, like that kind of thing. Um... But I mean, I, I I get to the whole you know Jetfire is just a power up you know just a a new pair of pants for Optimus Prime or wh- whatever you want to call it right. But like I I feel like you know if, if I'm gonna joke about it you know the moral of the story is you just need better gimmicks you know like like as long as we have cool gimmicks like Minicon power ups and Minicon matrixes and all this other stuff like we can we can handle. Uh, whatever unicrons the world's going to throw at us or something. But um, I don't know, man. I, I just think this is like super fun. And, and, and the hype for me, I mean, I don't know if it was like self-generated hype, but I felt like I, I felt like there was hype, but it it rolled into enjoyment and excitement. And, and like when you get caught up in that, like like, you know, there can be hype, but then you can have a. A crushingly disappointing downfall like like you know that that you know it didn't live up to your hype but like for me this this was something that was not that it was like there was hype involved and people were excited that the g1 characters were going to be involved in this arc in armada but then when i finally read it i just thought it was so well done you know and i felt like it was something that was again like i said this spiritual successor to target 2005 like i just you know i i fell in love with it and again for me it's it's one of my favorite Dreamwave stories, period. I I have a lot to say about this story too, but Justin, why don't you like give your first impressions of Worlds Collide? I liked it. <laughs> I think at this point I was no longer even like paying attention to the floppies at the comic book store. I you know, like the first I don't know, maybe half a dozen issues I would just pick up and flip through it just to kind of like curiosity i think at this point i just didn't even do that at all i i don't, I don't know i think i think if i had seen some of these covers I'm, it may have piqued my interest and i may have even bought some of these but over the years i've heard about this you know it's like oh man like galvatron fights you know armada megatron and loses and i was like uh i mean you guys know me like i'm a big fan of like g1 galvatron so i was like curious about this but i was like i don't know i want to see one of my favorite characters get owned by at the time the new hotness but it's kind of like derek said i I was reading it i was really into it i was like man this is this is really good and i was like i don't i don't know that i want to see like 
you know, Galvatron die. But then it's like Armada Megatron had to like power up so much and everything. I was like, okay, I guess it, I guess it kind of works. I guess I'm not like that, like bummed out about it. But uh, yeah, these four issues, like they were, they were a lot of fun. And you know, the, you, do you know why they were so much fun? Because there's no kids in them. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Would it, would it have been better if uh, Galvatron lost because Carlos was there and he went, holy free holies, and then Galvatron looked away and that's when Megatron stabbed him? No. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like I, I, I did enjoy everything about this. I was like, man, this is really good. When I read the final issue of this, I was like, I hope Energon is, this, is as good as this because I'm kind of curious like how, how all that turned out. Like that's, like, that's how you know into it i was i was like man this is good like i hope like you know what comes next is is at least half as good because that would be pretty cool to read yeah i mean we can always to, to kick you know eventually i figure we could knock out the what issues they had released of energon in like two shows like eventually like you know maybe we'll take a break after this but yeah definitely but uh but yeah um i'm, I'm pretty much secret brothers with Derek. like i i was super hyped for this I would I like enjoyed it month to month like my enjoyment of it ever increased until um it, like Derek mentioned issue 16 is probably one of my favorite Transformers com- single Transformer comics like period I think um when I did my like little list of like my top 25 single issues of Transformers like this this came in in the top like 15 or so like a number issue 16 of Armada because um yeah, Derek's totally right. Like this, this is like a masterclass in like subverting expectations because yeah, like ev- going into this, practically everyone thought that like, oh man, if Galvatron fights Armada Megatron, like Armada Megatron's going down, like almost like certainly, like, and we knew that Armada was going to end slash like transition into Energon as of like issue 18 at this point. So we're like, well, obviously Megatron's going to go down because you know, this is what's going to happen. And like, this is such a, like I said, it's such a genius stroke of Furman's that this, when people like, and I remember people were complaining about it and like maybe 10, I have to go on a little tangent here, but, uh, 10 or 15 years ago, like I, I had been lurking on another Transformers message board. Uh, I won't say its name, but it rhymes with ballpark. And uh, yeah, so there was a, there was a thread on this message board. And uh, it it was basically like reminiscing about like the Armada, like Dreamwave comic. And like there was a contingent of people led by uh, Mr. Basic himself, Chris McFeely. Uh, who was uh, uh, saying like, oh, like this Worlds Collide kind of ruined like the Armada comic because it showed that Armada like as a like a, a reboot of the Transformers franchise couldn't like maintain itself without referencing G1 or whatever. But I was, you know, I was like on the side of the people who were like, well, it's too late for that. Like if, if the um. If they they had already like you know Armada started with an Optimus Prime, a Megatron, a Starscream, all these familiar archetypes. I mean, it's too late to like say it wasn't leaning on G one until this, and like not only that, but I don't think that's what like this story does. Like it it Megatron only beats Galvatron because of an element that is only present in his 
reality, like the Star Saber. And it's not something that came out of nowhere either. He, we had that two-parter where he forged the Star Saber. So it's, you know, it's a Chekhov's gun. Like, they they already introduced the Star Saber. They showed it was super powerful. And, you know, in a in a moment of desperation, like, you, you the Star Saber guys, I mean, the air defense team, they weren't going to ally with Megatron unless it was, like, an absolutely desperate situation. And it was... And he got it at the right moment, and that's how he defeated Galvatron. And it it works. It's a total, like Derek said, it's a subversion of expectations done right. I think it legitimized Armada Megatron to me because I mean the cartoon certainly wasn't doing that. Like I mean, <laughs> and people look. I Justin, I know you just like you know relatively recently watched all of Micron Legend, and like that cartoon is probably a lot more digestible, like that, like in the original Japanese, like uh, minus all these like translation errors and maybe a few animation errors and all that. But I mean, I was watching the Armada cartoon, but I was watching it out of habit. Really, I was so disappointed with it, like it was so weakly animated and there were so many translation errors and people calling people by the wrong name. And then like this, this story comes along and this, and I don't know, you know, this totally blows away anything that they did in the Armada cartoon, I think. And, you know, people will be like, Oh, but you know, Starscream and Starscream and Starscream. And he had a really good like arc in the Armada cartoon. And yeah, maybe, but like, I'm, I mean, it wasn't anything I hadn't seen before. Like, you know, I felt like it was a, you know, sort of rip off of like Dinobots arc from like Beast Wars or whatever. But uh, I, I kind of feel like it's just as much a rip off of Dinobot as it is of Six Shot Ninja Consultant. I mean, yeah, even more so too. because of the Japanese connection and the the connection with you know his connection with Danny uh, versus you know Starscream's connection with Alexis. I mean, to me, it's the same. Yeah. Tired. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, I, I don't mean to be mean about it. Like, it's not it's not a bad arc, but I mean, you know, if, if you've seen it, it's kind of like if you're going to make the comment that that, uh, you know, it's it's too reliant on G1, this comic, I'm going to be like, well, this shit's too reliant on, you know, Beast Wars and, and Japanese trope arcs of little kids changing the hearts of, of big, nasty, evil people that have some semblance of honor or whatever. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. what, what's the difference? Uh-huh. It looked like Thundercracker. What a joke this is. <laughs> yeah, this was, like you said, Derek, I also thought it was sort of like a spiritual successor to all the time travel and dimension travel stuff from like the UK Marvel comics. You know, and like Furman's like an old hat at this, even back then, like in, you know, 2003. So like, I mean, he handles all this stuff pretty skillfully. I mean, there's stuff, the very nature of this being only like four issues long, there's stuff that has to get like thrown into the background or glanced over or, you know, whatever. Like the other, the other heralds, like aside from maybe Bludgeon, I mean, they don't make a huge impact. I mean, I was, of course, I was super excited to see Thunderwing. I remember when they they only showed the silhouette of him in issue 14 and i immediately knew it was him because i knew his silhouette so well from like the marvel comics i was so excited i was like you know we knew galvatron was going to be there we didn't know these other four guys were going to be there and i'm like i i didn't think you know i was a thunderwing bludgeon like i i never expected to see them again like you know even in the g1 comic let alone this 
So I was like, I was super happy to see them, even if they, you know, ultimately didn't amount to a whole lot. But I mean, you know, Bludgeon's got that cool fight scene in issue 16 where he takes on, you know, the Armada Autobots on Cybertron. I mean, you know, he's they even do his pretender shell gimmick. I mean, there's so much like Furman just kind of throws in there that like, you know, is is both faithful and it works with a story. The fourth issue, I mean, anything you could say about like, oh, you know, Armada Prime gets a MacGuffin and him and Jetfire, you know, power link and they do their big thing. And that's, you know, they sell their toy or whatever. But I mean, like, what? how is that? How is that different from any other Transformers story, yeah, really? I, I mean, I, I kind of feel like meta textually, it, it's almost like a triumph. Like, if your argument is they're too dependent on G1, like, I almost feel like this is this is a meta storytelling of like, no, like our Star Saber is superior to World Ender Galvatron. Like our our power link made Unicron take pause. I mean, you, you know, it's like what? How many people have done that? What fucking Circuit Breaker? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like I can't think of too many people that have hurt Unicron. Do you know what I mean? Like, like it's like what to me? It's like oh well, if you don't, have, you know, it's kind of like that saying of like oh, if you don't have the Matrix, you're fucked. Do you know what I mean? Like if you don't have a stake through the heart when you're next to Dracula, you're fucked. But this is like that thing of dude, man, d- bro, power linked, and Dracula was like <laughs> for like a minute, and you're like, well, fuck, like that's you know that's that's pretty impressive, right? Like I mean, if if the job is to get you to buy the toys. And to, t- and to tell you, hey, man, go buy Jetfire and go buy Prime. And when they fucking power link, these these motherfuckers, they're badass. Like they they drove Unicron away for a second. You know what I mean? And it's like <laughs> that that sells me right. Like that they're pretty impressive, right? Like it's it's more impressive than their first power link in the cartoon where they couldn't even be bothered to animate the right like pants for Optimus in super mode. Like that original power link episode between him and Jetfire. The, the Armada animation at least has his regular like super mode pants in like half the scenes because they couldn't be bothered to correct it. So, I mean, this 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 sold like Jet Optimus Convoy more than anything I saw in the cartoon. So, like, I mean, I, I've got various other little notes. Um, I love if you look uh, in issue 14 after uh Megatron calls Starscream and Demolisher like idiots and turns his back to them. Uh, Starscream's actually flipping Megatron off, which I think is pretty hilarious. Uh, Like Don Figueroa like snuck that in. There's like, you know, there's a bunch of like, you know, it it does fold in a lot of G1 stuff. I think all the, the G1 references like really went into overdrive like early on where, you know, they say like overruns like, reality pod is powered by nucleon and uh you know uh just random uh like you know callbacks to stuff like that but uh i mean it, it, that was all stuff like i said i was grooving on at the time because you know armada was secondary to me at the time and like all of a sudden with this unicron stuff with the you know the heralds showing up it was suddenly something i had to like really take notice of and pay attention to and i think that was it was needed i think at the time i noticed the original leader one like hanging in the background of one panel Oh yeah, and uh, with no, Psykill, like yes, yeah, Psykill. Sorry, not not. Psy- yeah, Psy- and I think like Leader One and Psykill are just like hanging up as like slabs of beef in that Bludgeon scene, like on Cybertron, like you know, that starts their their uh, 
run of as cameos uh, of being like totally owned in every single Transformer cameo they have, basically. Yeah, I was going to say that it seems to be like a reoccurring thing with Dreamwave because I know they had Psycho show up in. Was it one of those miniseries or was it like Me- Megatron War Origin, wasn't he? Yeah, Megatron Origin. He kills Psycho oh, like in one of the gladiatorial match. Yeah. I love uh, I love that Furman kind of worked in like, you know, he must have gotten the note that, oh, smokescreen like gets a new body like and you got to sell that toy, too. Like which. So but he he doesn't get to do it in Armada, but he, he does get to like waste like smokescreen sort of like, you know, I love that whole point blank shot by Megatron. You know, so it ends with both a whimper and a bang. And, you know, he blows smokescreen away like. Like that that was super cool. Like that would like when I saw that, I was like, oh man, like damn. Like I and I knew by that point, like, oh, they're selling a new, like the hoist toy, which is like smokescreen's upgraded body. But it like, you know, that it looked pretty like devastating and fatal. Like, you know, so I mean if you didn't know any better, you could say, Well, that was the end of him, but although I'm I am disappointed that uh Scavenger just kind of like falls down a hill and then he's like out of it for the rest of the story and he was like i think i complained in a previous episode that like i think i prefer scavenger's portrayal on the cartoon at least where you know he's a guy with you know some clout and whatever but here he's just sort of another foot soldier to get walked over as far as the heralds go too, like um you know, I was happy to see Thunderwing, but I also like Dirge is another of my favorite characters. And I was like surprised to see him because he doesn't seem like the type who would be like the level of threat the other yeah. guys are. But like, he, I, I always like a good. I'm trying to think of the timetable on this. Like, I, I, I always kind of thought like maybe like, you know how in um, what what is it? Uh, I'm blanking on the episode title, but in the. The, the nemesis episode in beast wars like there was that the the idea that you know dirge thrust and ramjet were gonna show up for a second but that got excised and i always i i, I guess i just thought like that i mean i i don't have any evidence for this but to me i always took it as like that I don't that know, was an idea fan, that fan aura or something yeah, yeah. Or, or or just just that notion of that Maybe maybe it's my own self self inserted, you know, sort of magnitude. But I I just always was kind of like, oh yeah, like he's who knows, like it's it's from various disparate like dysfunctional Transformers universes that Unicron has conquered. Maybe that was the universe where Dirge, Ramjet, and Thrust did pop out of the nemesis and did end the beast wars like unfavorably right and then unicron came and ate everything up and then the 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 one guy left standing you know that was the baddest of the bad in that universe was dirge you know what i mean like that's yeah. i mean that's all i just what, made that up right now but like that's you know what i mean like that was my kind of i remember at the time, like my head cannon was like Dirge's, you know, in his tech specs and his profiles, like Dirge's special ability is like broadcasting that frequency that causes like fear in everyone. So, you know, the whole point of those heralds was to go and like, you know, make things ready for Unicron yeah, to come and yeah. conquer things. So maybe he enhanced that power for Dirge and, you know, yeah. he made everyone like, you know, put put the populace into a state of fear or whatever through that. So that's that was always my head canon as to why dirge was with those guys 
Dirge is like the Transformers Psycho Man or something like that, just messing yeah, with everybody's uh-huh. like emotions think, and stuff. Or, like or Fer- Furman just said, yeah, Furman just said like he always loved Dirge's name, and it is a cool name, so that's probably why it was like, oh yeah, you know, he sounds like someone who would be around like at the end of the world, or you know, just being a, you know, a badass. Uh, Another thing I like about issue 16 is that whole like bit where they're like, you know, every scene starts off with like, you know, what's the word? The word is bad. Like, you know, or this is bad. Like, this is bad. Like, and every scene starts or ends with, you know, uh oh, this is way beyond bad. And then like at the, the very last scene, it's like, you know, do you have any good news? And uh, I think it's wreckage is like, oh, good news? Well, it depends on what you mean by good. Like, you know, so there's that whole uh, like sort of joke going on uh, in that issue. But yeah, like I, I, I would definitely agree. Like, I mean, it's like most of my other Dreamwave books are in storage, but the World's Collide trade is still on my shelf. So, I mean, I think that la- since it. It, it is, like, I think the only Dreamwave trade I still have on my, like, you know, perma shelf, like, where I keep all the stuff that I'll never, like, be parted with, basically. So I think that's that's a testament to, like, how I feel about this this storyline. Like, I agree with you. I think it's, it's among, if not the best, it's among the best storylines that Dreamwave ever did, period. But, uh... I mean, anything else about Worlds Collide or you want to say something about, uh, you know, the, the final issue next? I mean, I, I feel like it's it's semi unfair, you know, like like that that's the thing that I feel like is the most rushed. And just because it's rushed doesn't mean it's bad. I don't think it's bad, but you can tell it's a rushed ending. You know what I mean? Like like there, there's there's moments I like. I mean, I I like that Hotshot gets to be the one that kind of blows Megatron out the airlock pretty much, you know, like, or blows him out of the fucking, I mean, there, there is that aspect where you could tell they got the edict. Like we, we need all this shit wrapped up by issue 18 and we're all transitioning into, you know, Energon. So, so you got to do it. I mean, I know Justin's probably upset, but you know, they, they, they have the goodbye to the kids. They, they have your, quickly implemented rival fusion you know it's like here are the mini cons like from the decepticon camp let's all do the team up and do the mega powered complicated thing or whatever after that it's you know it's it's something that's not going to be able to live up to marvel transformer 75 right like like I, i i don't i don't think the magnitude of what unicron is was was quite captured in this but like i said i think it's unfair you know what i mean like like it's like it's like they just they they had to do this big epic thing in a single issue and they they, you know to me i think it with the time constraint and and probably the the mandates they had i think it's really good for for those sets of constraints yeah like i i always kind of considered it a, a shame that uh he didn't at least get like, you know, a double sized issue for this where maybe he could have had like maybe, you know, 10 more pages of them fighting Unicron or Unicron actually transforming or something. Yeah, yeah. Or some, I kind guess, of, for, some kind of double yeah. spread or something for cool. What, what he had to accomplish in 22 pages, I think this is pretty 
decent. Like, I mean, yeah. and he knew that, you know, they knew that it was going to continue on as Energon. So he's probably like, well, you know, this won't be the epic final battle with Unicron. So right, why should yeah. I go all out there? But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's got great Guido Giddy art. Like, I mean, you know, I, I like that two page spread of all the mini cons like on Earth and whatever. Yeah. I, you know, Jetfire and Optimus's recombination like into Jet Convoy is also cool. Like, and yeah, I, like, I mean, I it's, guess they, they, they have uh, what Neil Adams to thank for the cover. You know? Oh, yeah. The uh, Neil Adams uh, homage cover. Yeah. And the, the Uncle Sam opening splash, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, maybe. I want you, you know, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in here. Like, and yeah, I like, I always was kind of not shocked, but I was like, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty like shady almost like that whole hot shot like scene. Cause I was like, you know, they undoubtedly went behind Prime's back and made sure Megatron wouldn't survive like this battle, basically. Mm. Like, they did the, you know, the Giles, yeah, basically with you know megatron where you know they were like oh optimus is not like us he's a hero you see and then they shoot him or whatever yeah you know? yeah, yeah exactly you know i'm gonna fucking shoot you at the air alone yeah but mm-hmm. i don't know just justin what did you think of the final issue i like it but like you guys say it does feel very rushed and it's it's almost like unicron is an afterthought but i get it it's it's the last issue and they just had to deal with it, move on to the next thing. It's it's not bad. I just kind of wish there was a little more meat on the bone, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, and it like it play like like I said before, it like Furman plays fair with like the rules, like kind like as weird as that sounds like he makes sure like he could have easily just had Optimus open the Matrix and like, you know, blow Unicron away. But he has the mini cons defeat Unicron. Mostly, I mean, for the moment. And I mean, that that the minicons were the linchpin of Armada, basically. So, I mean, he's playing in the rules like he plays fair. He does things that he established. He uses elements he established before. And I mean, yeah, like, I mean, it's not something that, uh, you know, that I feel I mean, that I, cheats. I, yeah, I, I think I think that goes back to what you were saying. It's not it's not a rehash of G1, because if it was a rehash of G1 or if it was depending on G1, they, they would have to use the, you know, the creation matrix or the leadership matrix or whatever the fuck from some other universe to, to defeat Unicron. But in this, it's kind of like, OK, well, you know, we tried to hold off Unicron with this mini con matrix. But guess what? Like all these these people that have been oppressed and and dealing with all this shit and, and, and struggling with whether they were going to save the universe or destroy the universe like that well now's your time to step up guys and 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 they it it, it, it's interesting because it's it's a it's a bunch of real characters that had personalities and had a good backstory but it also turned out that they were the MacGuffin. you know what i mean like they were the the force kids or the, the the whatever you know what i mean like they they were they were the ones that stood in the way of of unicron destroying the universe or whatever and like that's you know to me that 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 justifies everyone's actions in this entire series everybody was fucking fighting over uni uh mini cons right and in in the cartoon it you know it becomes laughable like it's a pokemon comparison it's like why the fuck is ash and all these people hunting down pokemon but if you find out that like 
if you put all the Pokemon together, not only when they cry on you do they bring you back to life, but they also have like the power of fucking ten thousand atomic bombs and can drive away fucking Satan. Do you know what I mean? That then all of a sudden you're like, well, shit. Well, no wonder everybody was fighting over these things because they can fucking they can kick Satan's ass. Pokemon are like, you know, fucking. It's like praise Pokemon. You know, like that's. I mean, you know, like that's. Do Do you think it? Do you think it would have been like too confusing if Armada Megatron like got his Galvatron recolor in this? Probably. I mean, like, uh, here's how I would have did it because I kind of thought about this. Like, when he beats Galvatron, like, it would have been neat if there was like some kind of energy backlash that caused him to like get that recolor. And he's like, well, I just beat your most powerful guy. Like, I'm going to take his name. You can call me Galvatron. Like, Mm. I think that would have been like kind of a neat moment. But I guess I I, I was thinking about it. I was like, that'd probably be maybe a little too confusing, even if they're trying to totally. A lot of people had assumed that was going to happen just because, like, yeah, like at the time we were all speculating because, like, even the Galvatron that um, uh, Don Figueroa draws, like his his like crown, it's kind of got those like serrated Mm -hmm. edges on the inside. And that's kind of what Energon Galvatron has. So everyone was kind of thinking, like, I think we had already seen the Energon Megatron Galvatron toy at this point. So we were like, oh, is he going to merge with Armada Megatron or something or he's going to get his power taken by, you know. But, you know, it, it doesn't happen that way. But, uh, yeah, look, we, we had speculated at the time that that was what was going to happen. I mean, maybe maybe if they did have more time and issue 18 was a double-sized issue, there is that moment where Megatron's like, I'm going to go make a deal with Unicron, and Starscream's like, yeah, good luck with that, you know. But had there been more time to expand on it, maybe maybe the deal is he gets, you know, transformed. Yeah. To, no, what, no, what. You, you like you were talking about how like Armada Furman kind of writes Armada Starscream like G one Starscream. Mm-hmm. I think the line in this that really like made me hear like Chris Lada almost uh, like talking where he's like, "You don't seriously expect me to fight that thing, do you?" Like, <laughs> right, 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 yeah, right. And uh, there's an element here that Furman sets up for Energon, which is like the repaints of the Beast Wars guys all get abducted by Unicron. Like, did that confuse you at all, Justin? Or did you know where that was going to go or like or where it will go? I knew they were there because of those like those toys were re-released and recolored. But I is it going towards like the Terracons thing in Energon? Not like I guess I won't spoil it for you, but like he uses those four characters again in Energon as like sort of you like, well, I guess I will spoil it because it's, like, it's like I can't explain I was, I was any thinking, other way. I was thinking like, OK, I guess Cheetor could become like Ravage. Or like something? He, basically they become his new heralds, like Unicron's mm-hmm. new heralds. It's supposed to be like the four horsemen of Unicron or something is like, you know, Air Razor, Cheetor, Rhinox and Terrasaur. So like that's what he like you'll you'll when we talk about Energon and we when when he we make you read Energon at gunpoint or whatever <laughs> like you'll you'll see but let's that's like a, a setup for that basically. I I do think it's really kind of odd that they spent some time with like you know in my head Transmetal Rhinox because like he kind of gets more panel time than some of the like OG Armada characters but that's I guess that's okay I don't know it's just. 
it wasn't expected. I was like, oh, hey, there, there's like Transmetal Rhinox in the background. I was like, oh, now he's like in robot mode and he's actually talking. I was like, he's kind of getting more time than some of their main characters. But Yeah, I think he was just, Furman was just trying to lay down some like groundwork for him, I guess, so they can say like, oh, it's him and he's changed basically. But but yeah, I mean, they, they will show up again. Yeah, that was a setup for Energon. But Is he turned into Tankor? No, no. But that would that would have been cool if they had somehow like you know made terror cons based on those four guys. I mean, like yeah, Cheetor could be like yeah, Ravage, like you said, and stuff like that. And uh, but no, they they. I think it was like a fan idea or something. Like Furman said, like someone at Botcon like said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if those four Beast Wars guys were like the four horsemen of the apocalypse or the four horsemen of Unicron? And Furman was like, I'd like to purchase your idea and by purchase i mean just steal it like you know mm. you mean you mean there's not the a kid out there like the kid who's like i created the black costume spider-man <laughs> i created the four heralds the unicron yeah well i don't know maybe you should go to a convention derek with a t-shirt with the four heralds of unicron and they'll say mike zach created the four Her- heralds of unicron like and you're like, no, Jim should have paid some kid 200 or Pat Lee promised to pay some kid $250 and never yeah. did for that idea. <laughs> See, you got you to gotta have standards, right? At least Jim, Jim Shooter paid the kid the 250 bucks. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, like like you said, like, I mean, as with the constraints, if, if this were a lesser writer, like it wouldn't work. But I think it just about does because it's Furman and he's like he knows his shit and he's like a skilled writer and he knows Transformers. So it would have been nice if this was longer. But, you know, for what he, time and space he had, I think he did fine. Just um, just answer me this. Is the Energon comic better than the show? Yeah, like yeah, from yeah. what what was what was I mean, it gets cut off with only six issues to go. But I mean, I, I, I was just glad you gave us the caveat of if this is at least half as good as Armada is, because I feel like I, I think I can co-sign that. I'm not going to say it's like as good, but but half as good. Like, I'll, I'll go with that and yeah. better than the better than the cartoon. Like, yeah, sure. OK, yeah. Absolutely. Like I'm, I'm like a, I think and I don't I don't I don't hate Energon either by any stretch. Like I don't yeah. I don't despise out it of, or anything. I'm not one of those out guys of, either. Out of like all the books that ended like when Dreamwave died like prematurely, like Energon was the one I was like most sad about because like it was like really kicking into high gear right when it ends. So like mm-hmm. I mean, see, yeah. I was sad about War Within getting cut off because I was really into those books. Yeah, like I, those those were too, but like like I don't know. Once once we read Energon, you'll see. Like I think it was it was just about to like you know it was right about to you know it left you with blue balls basically. Like at the <laughs> end, like you're like oh man, like you were just like well not really. I guess there was a little. I'm gonna get off this metaphor, but <laughs> you know you'll you'll see. Like like I said, we'll probably definitely tackle the Energon comic. Like I mean, we already talked about the. Energon uh, story in the summer special, but I think we can, you know, Energon as a comic, um, it runs like they didn't bother to renumber it. So, I mean, it runs from issues 19 to 36. 
So that's like, you know, uh, what do you call uh, 12 issues or so. So, I mean, we can probably do six and six for two more shows eventually. So we'll we'll tackle that. Like, I, I think, you know, the Dreamwave Armada, Armada verse, I should say, was uh, had a lot of potential. I think Furman really stretched a, a lot of, uh, you know, ideas that weren't really uh, uh, given a lot of time in the cartoon into something that was worth exploring. And, you know, obviously the Armada comic was extremely like superior to the cartoon and its handling of mini cons, I think. So, I mean, if there's anything you can say that, but, uh, I don't, does any, do you guys have any final thoughts on Armada? Like, you know, in general one through 18. I mean, it's been fun revisiting this. I feel like, like, I don't know. It's like planning little things in the back of my head. Like I'd, I'd like a, page of art from this or if they ever come out with like a cool third party masterpiece hot shot like maybe i'd be there or something you know what i mean like just i don't know it's 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 given me nice warms and fuzzies i guess so i i uh, appreciate the chance to to look back on this and kind of just have some nice warm and fuzzies i mean i had fun just exploring a corner of transformers comics that i'd never really paid attention to and you know i'd heard so many good things about uh this four issue arc here that we're talking about i was finally glad to just dig into it and see what it's all about and i really liked reading the whole series overall good i'm glad i i I figured it would be up your alley and i'm glad you know i was proven right and yeah i i like i liked revisiting all this stuff before even the stuff i thought was kind of weak like you know issues six and seven but like you know everything else i think really still like worlds collide especially i think still holds up and, you know, it's still one of my favorite, like, story arcs. And, like, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad we all, we we got through this and we talked about it. And uh, we will, like I said, we will continue, eventually expect us to talk about Transformers Energon in the future. So, yeah, Derek, why don't you uh, see us out? If you have any comments, questions, concerns, you can email us at fanholspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to check out the backlog of episodes of Transformers Tuesdays, you can check them out over on fanholspodcast.blogspot.com. You can direct download all the episodes there. We can also be streamed. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music. And we can be found on social media. We're on all kinds of social media we're on tumblr twitter instagram facebook and we appreciate all the likes hearts shares and retweets that we receive all right so this is mike saying that uh all i had to do to gather the whole clan was to fashion an impending apocalypse this is derek derek wc you don't expect me to fight that thing do you and this is justin signing up power link dun dun dun
<laughs> I, I know it's like you know you have to like it's, it's since it's like Figaro and Furman like you take it dead seriously and shit. But it's like you know when Sparkplug and all those guys like show up on the devastated Cybertron, it's like you know Optimus Prime like Sparkplug, my old friend, like quickly plug into my ass, like you know. <laughs> Roger Dodger Optimus Prime. <laughs> Roger Dodger Optimus Prime. <laughs> 